With the royal celebration serving as a distraction, Castian Saya sets out to fulfill the terms of his deadly contract. Castian, the world is light and love and peace. It is like you are floating on an ocean, or maybe back in the womb. Nothing could ever- What is that? You feel a spike of adrenaline and you open your eyes to see Laris standing over you. <sighs> you are awake. Good. What are you doing in my room? I came to follow up with you. What time? That was- that's- we were supposed to meet at midnight. Yes. It is five minutes past. Castian sits up, breathing heavily before wiping his forehead, which is just sweat. He looks towards the clock- uh, squints at it a few times before pushing himself off the floor from which he was laying down on. I apologize for my tardiness. Yes, I was I was sleeping. I was How did you get in here? I am capable of bypassing many forms of locks. What's right? Absolutely. I'd go to the door and just make sure she locked it back up behind her. She did. Okay, um I gave you the name of the individual, is that correct? Yes. What did you find out about this man? Darian Saris is a known smuggler of spice and weapons here on Alderaan, even though he is a member of one of the Great Houses. He has been at work for approximately 3.5 annual cycles. All right, where is he staying? Is it a mansion, or is it a warehouse, or wh wh where, where can I find him? What's the best place to do the job? He lives in a residential district just outside of the capital city. Residential? That seems a little quaint for Alderaanians. It is a well-known tactic among some of the ne'er-do-wells across the galaxy. They hide themselves amongst the citizens to use them as human shields. The perfect target, something to keep my mind focused on something more important. There have been many reports that the spice that he is selling is laced with other, harder substances, some of which are not cleared for sentient consumption. Really? Perfect. Perfect. I need a bad guy to kill. Good. Good. He also has three children. I don't care about that part. Uh, they will survive. This will be an ordeal that will shape them into fine young gentlemen and ladies, I'm sure of it. Speaking of spice, I need more Blue Echo. Sir, by all indications, you've taken the last of it. I... which is why I need you to find someone who sells it. Not now, but we need to restock on that. My character winces in pain as suddenly his hand just hurts. We are in the Palace of Alderaan. I do not believe there are any spice I meant here. for afterwards. This job's not going to take so I'm sorry, Laris. This job's not going to take so long. I just need a supply ready for when we are going back to Akir. I will see what I can procure. Good. My character holds his hand in pain before moving towards the refresher. He turns on the water and splashes his face. Sir, if I may make a personal inquiry? Absolutely, sure, whatever you need. The symptoms that you are displaying currently, they are not generally associated with an overdose of the blue echo. I didn't overdose. I took the appropriate amount of echo that was left in the tablet. It's fine. Well, in that case, these are not known side effects of an appropriate dose of Blue Echo either. What is the symptoms that are not appropriate, then, and we could diagnose it that way? There is no mention in any of the literature of limb pain associated with the use of Blue Echo. The glassy eyes, the sweaty forehead, yes, this is all very well documented, but you seem to be having intermittent spikes of adrenaline and panic, and not to mention, of course, there was the fact that I was unable to rouse you without further chemical assistance. My character wrinkles his nose a touch before he reaches down and starts pulling off his glove, and then he shows her his hand. There are dark lines. They seem to be pulsing a little bit, as if they are beating to their own heartbeat, and he just holds it out for her to see. Interesting. I have never seen a symptom like this before. Is it associated with the blue echo? No, it's not. I've been dealing with it for Little more than a year now, ever since I nicked myself on some blade that I used to stab Gerard Quito with. Of course, that man would find a way to be a pain in something, if not in my ass. Is there something you wish for me to research regarding this, sir? I've already done my research. There's nothing to it. There's no scan that says I'm nothing but healthy. I, there's no poisons. I, I had a medical droid look at it when I was in the Empire. It's a perfectly fine hand, according to them. I believe they were mistaken. 
course they're mistaken. It doesn't happen all the time, but occasionally I get flares, which is what happened tonight. I was speaking with Miss Cerise. She invited me into her room, and suddenly my hand started hurting, and I ran away like a scared child. Do you believe that is going to hurt our mission here? What, my hand? Insulting Cerise Nabella. Uh, women don't want men who just charge right in, pick them up, and make love to them. Okay, uh, d- would... Is that insult? Did I? Could I have insulted her? Laris had just been staring at you completely impassively as you stammered to yourself. She has no emotional response to anything you're saying, not humor, not sympathy, just complete impassiveness. It is a well-known human courtship ritual across many planets across the galaxy that should a person invite a person of the sex they are interested in into their room, they are intending for sexual liaisons to occur. And by me rebuking her, I'm I'm a subordinate. I sh- it's embarrassing her, apparently. Damn it. Damnable hand. If I had known that, I would have just done the deed and walked out. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We can fix this. We can fix this. I need you to go back into my record and add something about a, a, a dead girlfriend, a dead spouse, a dead spouse, a dead spouse, and I'm still getting over her. I'll explain the situation, and she will be completely forgiving of that. Yes, sir. I can have it done by morning. Good. Do that. Do that. And and put out feelers for Blue Echo. Yes, sir. Good. We can pick that up before we return with Kier with the damnable bounty over with. Yes, sir. Now get out. I'm tired. Of course, sir. And, and, uh, Laris. Yes. Thank you. For what, sir? For being, for being dependable. Of course, sir. That is one of my primary designations. Yeah, Castine's moving away and just kind of collapses into his bed and just closes his eyes. Laris goes to the door and you hear her enter the code to unlock it. But before the final digit is pressed, she stops. One more thing, if I may, sir. What? There was a package outside of your door. I did the courtesy of bringing it in. Yes, yes. Give it to me. Give it to me. She brings it over. It's a long, slender box. Yeah, I set it down in front of me, and I open it up. It is a very ornate blade. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I was told to kill our mark with this. Good, good. I wish he would have been a little bit more sly with his delivery, but, well, I get paid not to question his antics. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Laris. An interesting choice. Why so? It's a blade. The hilt. It is branded with the crest of House Thule. Thule? Ah, this is a blame game. It's his... One of the houses are trying to start a fight with another one. Interesting. I didn't think this was going to get that political. Ah, eh, well, what did I expect when going to a place like Alderaan? This entire place is politics. Good. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Castian is laying down, and as she leaves, he grabs the blanket and rolls it over him, and he's trying to chase that last bit of blue echo that's in his system, but it's probably not there. Probably not. Castian wakes up early in the morning. The Blue Echo, one of the side effects is it it gives you a very intense high, but it's not that much of a downer, so you're up and energized the next day. It's one of the best things about it, other than the debilitating side effects that happens after a couple years of use of this thing. So Castian wakes up, it's around 5.30 in the morning, and he showers, he gets dressed, and he's out the door by 6 o'clock. And... Many people in the palace are early risers, so you are not the only one out and about, but most of the beings, I guess we would say, in the hallways are droids of various stripes. There are servitor droids bringing breakfast back and forth. There are housekeeping droids making sure everything is clean and in its place for the second day of the celebration. Do I see a droid with breakfast going towards Cerise's place? Yes. I quickly check my data pad and to see if I got a message from Lara saying that my record has been changed. Yes, she made a notation. Laris has added into your false record, of course, that two years ago you were married, you had a child on the way. She was killed in a freak accident when a ship came out of hyperspace at the wrong place at the wrong time. It's a little bit more gruesome than I intended, but works, it works. I quickly straighten my collar, move up to the droid with the tray, and I take it from him. I'll be taking this to Cerise Nabella. Thank you very much. Of course, sir. And I'm turning towards the door and using my elbow to, like, touch the ringer or the chimes, whatever it is. Enter. My character enters with the tray. Cerise, 
Cerise Nabella is finishing her morning grooming routine. She is still in a robe mm-hmm. rather than in the uniform that you normally see her in, but her hair is properly coiffed. She has her makeup on, her jewelry. Seems that she was going to have a relaxing breakfast perhaps out on the balcony. Her room is a little nicer than mm-hmm. yours. It has a balcony overlooking the capital city and, of course, has a beautiful view of the sunrise. I keep my head lowered so I'm not seeing anything I shouldn't be. Uh, I have breakfast for you. Oh, oh, uh, yes, of, of course, thank, thank you. Well, would you like me to set it outside for you? That would, that would be very nice. My character moves out to the balcony, sets the tray down, and then he turns towards her, kind of shuffling his feet a little bit, just like Tremaine taught him how to play a little bit as coy, a little bit shy. I wanted to apologize about last night. No, Mr. Talhul, there's absolutely no need for you to apologize. I am afraid that I am the one that owes you uh, quite a sincere apology. It was late, and I had had a couple of drinks more than perhaps I should have, and it was quite forward and inappropriate of me. I hope that you will accept my apology, and we can forget that anything ever happened. She looks like she'd been rehearsing that speech, because it is one of the smoothest things that she has said since you've met. Okay, my character can't help but smile. This woman's adorable. Oh, God, this is weird for a dark side inquisitor. Former inquisitor. He kind of smiles a little bit, looks down and says, I completely agree, but I I just want you to know, um, since this is the day of service, I I don't want your mind preoccupied, if anything. Not that it would be. I just, I wanted you to know that it's... um, it wasn't you, it was me, because you see, and he pauses as he's about to go through his entire tale about his dead wife and everything, and he just kind of stops for a second because this girl is adorable and she's truthful, and my god, I'm being something stupid, my character says, I'm not good with speaking with beautiful women alone. And I'm afraid that I, while I was very honored and it was a, an offer that it was very enticing. I was afraid I'd mess it up. And I just wanted you to know that you did not do anything wrong. It's just I'm I'm not good with people, which is why I fight and I'm a bodyguard. So I just wanted to say that um, I didn't want you to think that you did anything wrong. It's just me. And um, I'm sorry I messed up the opportunity. <clears throat> but here's your breakfast. And I look forward to uh, the day of service, which is involves us going to uh, help people. So I'll indeed uh, it does. Absolutely. Um, there's nerf sauce over there. Goodbye. He kind of stumbles as he kind of bumps into something and he catches it, and he quickly is moving off because she looks like she wants to say something, but she remains silent. He's leaving. He's okay. leaving. This is better. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't tell the lie. He couldn't tell the lie, but he's not going to do anything stupid. He walks out, door closes behind him, and then he sees that service droid still there, just kind of waiting. He looks towards it. What are you looking at? You try talking to a woman. He just kind of marches away in anger. <laughs> so the day of service is a day where the elite of Alderaan go out to help those who are less fortunate. Of course, on Alderaan, That's kind of relative. It is a very rich planet, but it still has a working class. It has people who are in the throes of spice addiction. It has the the elderly. It has the sick. So even though this is a place of unimaginable wealth and has a very generous royal family who is very eager to help people, there's still always those who could use some additional help. So this is a holiday for Alderaan. No one is expected to work except for the nobility as they go out to assist. Some of them are visiting hospitals. Some of them are visiting soup kitchens. Others are doing mentoring services for children, showing them what politics are like or or the law. Basically, it's a day for the elite of Alderaan to show their respects and recognize that they're not actually better than anybody else. Castian cannot even withstand the eye roll. Like, every chance he gets, he eye rolls at this intolerable holiday. It's so hypocritical. Castian's not buying it, especially if his history. There's Mm -hmm. always a cast, no matter what. And no matter how many babies you kiss or soups you serve, you're either always better than someone or worse. What's the stop on our adventure? Where do I go? You are going to a soup kitchen on the south side of the capital. Joy. 
Do you take any special preparations for the day, such as you have a new weapon upon you, or is that going to stay in the palace? It, it's a blade. It's a, like a sword, isn't it? Short sword, very long dagger, something like that. Great. I, okay, it's more of a dirk. Yes. Great. I'm going to bring that along with me. I'm going to find a way to uh, kind of carry that. Just conceal it some way. If you have any suggestions or if I have to roll, by all means, I will. So that's going to be a stealth roll. It is going to be just, it'll be an easy roll. One success. All right. We're going to go. It's a long day. It's a monotonous day. However, Cerise Nabella never lets it get to her. She has a pleasant smile on her face. She makes small talk. She kisses babies. She shakes hands. She's making a very good impression. You're not escorted by the royal family. They were off on their own mission, but there is a member of one of the more minor great houses accompanying you. So obviously she is getting in pretty good with the nobility of Alderaan, people who do have the ear of the royals. Oh, good for her. Way to go. Castian kind of lets a smile touch his lip as she, like, I don't know, plays with some children briefly. Castian looks towards Laris and sees her just kind of analyzing everything. She's actually watching Cerise playing with those children. Any information that I need to know on our friend Cyrus? I do have information, but you declined to receive it earlier. And what was that? Regarding the children. Oh, his children? Are they here? Yes. They are. I kind of look around towards the nobility first. Is it the one with the ploofy hat? Oh, God, she doesn't deserve a dad. No, they are with Ms. Nabella. Are they noble children? I thought this was for the poor. They're not dressed in rags, but they definitely are wearing kind of threadbare clothing. Really? That man has a smuggling empire and he can't even put clothing on his children? I tell you, Laris, I cannot wait to kill this man. (sighs) How far away are we from his residency? By speeder, we are only a couple of minutes away. Really? Is Ceres here right now with his children? Are they here alone? From my scans of the people who are gathered here, yes, the children are alone. Interesting. So you're saying the house is abandoned? Perhaps. I do not have surveillance on his residence. I'm going to try to slip away. Yes, sir. I'm going to move to Beckel, uh, which are it was that clone war trooper that kind of seems to know what he's doing. Beckel. Yep. Uh, I need you to keep an eye on everything, make sure that the men keep in line, behave themselves, tell the fat one over there to stop eating the porridge or is supposed to be serving it. I need to investigate something. All right. Thank you, Beckel. Castian moves towards Cerise and does that thing where you stand there waiting for someone and they get mm-hmm. the picture of like, oh, they need, they, he needs a minute. And she keeps you waiting for maybe two minutes to the point where it's almost rude, but she's obviously, she's in a very deep conversation with the oldest child, a girl, telling her about the shipyards on her planet. He waits, he waits, he waits, and then he looks up towards the girl's balloon that she has in her hand, and I'm using the force to pop it. <gasps> I won't even make you roll for that. But Wait, I do get well, I yeah, do I do roll. get a dark side point, right? Sure. I mean a corruption point. Yes. I mean I popped a girl's blaby kid's balloon. So yeah, okay, so the balloon pops. I'm trying to get the girl to stop talking. Yep. So there are three children. Uh, you are no expert in children, so you don't really know their ages. But the youngest is a boy, and he is very, very young. He's kind of toddling. Rather, you know, when he walks around, it's that off-balance, off-kilter child's walk of someone who hasn't been walking for very long. And he'd been toddling after there was a, a small feline in the soup kitchen and he'd been toddling after but when the balloon pops he just stops looks up and starts wailing Mm. he kind of thins his lips to keep himself from smirking and he just waits for kids to deal with that while he can deal with uh, cerise yes the oldest girl that cerise had been talking to immediately goes to take care of her brother so cerise is now free to speak with you uh, my my apologies. Uh, of course. Um, is there something that you need? Is there a problem? Uh, there is a slight problem with. Uh, there seems to be some sort of uh, traffic uh, interference. I'm just going to take a quick speeder trip over there to make sure if our route uh, is safe. Uh, Beckel over there is taking charge for now. I should be back within thirty minutes. It shouldn't be a problem. Is this really necessary? It is a 
a festival day of everyone is out celebrating where again we are on Alderaan I, surely there this isn't something that you need to to bother yourself with if this is a security issue there are Alderaanian security guards who can take care of it if you don't mind me saying I think it might look good for you to have a security guard treating you as important as all these nobles a kinship perhaps I'm going to have you make a charm roll well charm or deception I was leading towards charm. Because, He's always going to try to charm her. Yes, uh, because you're you're flattering her a little bit at the end there. I'm going to give you a boost die because of your relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is something happening there, and this is going to be an average check to purple. Yep, uh, one success, two advantages. Oh, very nice. She's a little hesitant. My character with those two advantages, he reaches out suddenly and snatches a balloon that was kind of floating by and hands it to her and then nods towards the little kid. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, thank you. I w- 30 you- minutes tops. You make a good point and uh, good luck. And good luck yourself with all of this excitement. And he's moving off. Yeah, if those kids are gone, perfect. This is a perfect day for me to kill their dad. I'm taking a speeder to his place, parking it about two blocks away. Going to an alleyway and ditching my clothing, and then I'm putting on a uh, just normal outfit with a hood, and I'm moving in the shadows towards uh, the father's place. So the neighborhood that you go to is actually just outside of the capital. It's kind of like a sleeper community in the suburbs where people live here and they travel into the capital in order to do their jobs. There's not very much industry or or commerce that happens out here. It's just a sleepy little community that is primarily apartment buildings. The buildings are all very close together. The streets are narrow. You notice that there's not a lot of... Certainly not a lot of signs of wealth, of outward wealth here. For example, when you pass these apartment buildings, very few of them have places to park speeders. Instead, you see shelters for public transportation. As I'm approaching the lip of the alleyway, I'm pulling out a aerosol can and spraying it across my face. I'm going to pay a point. That's going to keep security cameras from catching a glimpse of me. When it shows me, it's just going to show my face completely lit up like a Christmas tree. So if somebody is reviewing security footage, you are obviously not someone that belongs there, but they won't be able to identify you. Yes. Absolutely. That is a perfect way to spend a destiny point. Darian Saris's apartment, for he does live in one of these apartment buildings, is the third floor of a seven-story building. There is a lift in the building, but it doesn't look like it is actually operational, nor does it look like it has been operational anytime recently. There is a layer of dust right in the doorway of the lift. Maybe they cut the wires to force people to go up the stairs and they have watches. So my mm-hmm. character is going to have to take the stairs, but he's going to do it as very, very carefully to mm-hmm. keep an eye out for anybody that looks like they're on guard. Sure thing. Give me a perception roll. This is going to be easy. Two successes. The building is basically empty. Everybody's out for the day of service. Most likely, looking at this building, people are out receiving service rather than performing acts of service. Occasionally, you pass a unit that does have sound from inside. You can hear like hollow plays going on. It's the equivalent of hearing somebody watching soaps. So you can kind of infer it's like, oh, these are probably older people, maybe housebound people that are there. Nobody is paying any attention to anything that is happening in the hallways. And you are the only thing that is happening in the hallway. I'm going towards this man's door then. Is it locked? You reach out and you try the knob? Yeah, I'm going to grab the hatch and twist it and see if it opens. It does. I'm walking in, but I am trying to be stealthy about it. When you open the door, you see a small apartment. It's kind of dingy. There, You do see a servitor droid is parked in a corner. It seems to be recharging, but it looks like an older model and certainly one that is not equipped to keep up after the three young children that you saw in the soup kitchen. There is a man sitting at the kitchen table. It's kind of in the center of the apartment. He is a shorter man. He has tan skin, receding black hair, and a little bit of a, a belly. He's a, a another soft-looking gentleman. There's a, a small screen that's projecting some hollow images from the center of the table. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they're bills. And several of them have in large red writing, final notice. Okay, so this guy doesn't seem like a very good smuggler. 
I take the the dirk out, the the short sword that I got from Cortan, and I move towards him. I grab his shoulder and I spin him around, and I'm raising the the knife up to attack. <laughs> the man looks like you might have just given him a heart attack. Okay, you know, normally I, I don't ask questions, but my character kind of hesitates. Looks at him and squints and says, You are literally the worst bad guy I've ever had to deal with. Are you Darian Saras? <sighs> yeah, yes, yes. Okay, I've been around criminal elements for a while. I'm not getting a sense that this guy's a criminal, am I? I mean, you can give me a role. Yeah, yeah, like what do I need to roll? He, he could be a really good actor. He could be. Yeah, we'll make this a perception check. And we're going to make this an average roll. One success, but one threat. You look into this man's face. All of the color has drained out of it. And that's the sort of reaction that you can't fake. This is a man who's, who is panicked. And he just has his hands. One hand is like holding his chest as if he were about to have a heart attack. He has his other hand raised as if in surrender. And he keeps his eyes lowered, almost respectfully. Please, please, I don't know why you are here, but please, please just, can we please go outside? My children, they don't need to find their father here. Please, show some mercy. Castian kind of stares at him, his face deadpan. And then he's going to use his foot to tip the man's chair over, <laughs> slam him on the ground, and then he's pressing the blade to his throat. You're going to tell me the truth. And if I think you're lying, I will gut you and leave you displayed for your children to see and remember for the rest of their lives. Do you understand me? Oh. Yes or no? Yes, yes, yes. Do you sell spice? Now he looks bewildered. Like, of all the questions you could ask him, he was not expecting that. Are you an underworld spice dealer and pirate? No, 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 sir. No, no, never, never. Absolutely never, sir. What do you do for a living? I'm a a factory worker. I uh, work on an assembly line producing... Uh, Why? You're a noble. You're you're our dynasty. What are you doing? What are you playing at? I, I, I know by by name I I am a, a member, but my my grandfather cut all cut all ties with the the great houses. I never had any any contact with them. Never had any access to their resources. I'm just a just a factory worker. Stay on the ground. Do not move. If you call for help, I will gut you. Yes, sir. Castian steps away. I'll say you can't step too far because this is such a small uh, apartment. As you look for a place to step, you see that there is this one main room that has kind of the kitchen and the dining room and a living area. And then there are two small bedrooms. I'm calling Laris. Jane? Yes, sir. I'm here with Darian Saras, and he does not appear to be an underworld spice runner. But all of our records indicated that I he need was. you to go through the records one more time because something does not smell right. This man is not even a weasel. He's not even part of the underworld. He's a factory worker. He's crying for his children right now. I need to know what's going on before I kill him. <laughs> oh, oh, you know why I'm here. So, please, I would like to be informed why this man's dying before I do it. It may take me some time to reevaluate our records, sir. Do it double time now. Thank you. I walk up to the man and I offer a hand. He very slowly and his hand just trembling like a leaf on the wind reaches out to take yours. I take his hand. I push him up, sit him in his chair, pat him down for any weapons. You don't find any weapons. You do find his wallet, Mm -hmm. which has inside, it has his ID, his Alderanian ID. It also has a small photo, a printed photo of... The man that's sitting before you, Darian, the three children you saw earlier, and a woman. Can you contact your children? Um, d- One has a communicator. Come on now. Uh, uh, y- yes. Contact them now and tell them to stay out a little longer. Uh, uh, Unless you want them to come and no, meet no, me. No, 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 no. Thank you. I'm trying no. to be considerate here as we wait. Thank, thank you. Thank you. 
And he, he contacts them, tells them to stay <laughs> out for a little while longer. Castian just sits back in his seat and waits, keeping an eye on the clock since he said it'd only be 30 minutes. Your hand is beginning to ache as you sit there. It's not a shooting pain yet, but it's a little distraction. Do you have any blue echo? No. God, you're the worst not spice user in the world. Uh, Why would someone want to kill you? I, I don't know. I have no money. I have no resources. I have no enemies except bill collectors, but this isn't how we handle things on Alderaan. Apparently. All right. Well, we'll just waiting here for a little while longer. I want to know why someone wants you dead. And as if on cue, your communicator sounds. Sir, I do have some news. Yes, what is it? While I cannot uncover the precise origins of Darian Saris out here at the soup kitchen, I can tell you that all of the records were altered at the same precise time exactly three weeks before today. He is not a spice dealer, is he? Look in the cash. What does it say he is? From what I can see from, again, my limited access here, he does appear to be a factory worker on Alderaan. Cross-reference his last name, Saras, with the man who hired to kill him. Cross-referencing. See if anything comes up. This is interesting, sir. Oh, please enlighten me. If you look at Darian Saras's second cousin on his father's side, it appears that she married a man named Alves. Uh, Cortan Alves. It's a family dispute. Apparently. From I public records, there is no indication that Darian Saris was invited to the wedding. He may not even know that he has no, no, this no, 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 no. You're not thinking like a politician. Has there been any deaths in the families, either family, recently? In Anna Saris. Did she leave a will? No, she appears to have been married to Darian Saris. There is a great uncle... I believe he would be the father of the woman that married Cortan Alves. He is ill. He is currently at the Royal Hospital of Alderaan. Interesting. Please put him on the line if you can. Yes, sir. Thank you. Make some credentials. I am his legal advisor. I'm going to spend some of these dark side points. I'm going to upgrade Laris's dice pool to these documents of, of forging a new identity for you. Again, on the fly. Yes, so she gets one advantage, which is just enough to get the communication patched through. Sir, are you prepared to talk to Zephyr Saris? Yes, I am. And there's a, a click as she switches lines, you know, like an operator transferring your call. Who is this? I know this isn't my legal authority. Hi, this is representative of Corton Alves. How are you doing today, sir? Cut to the chase. I'm looking to speak to you about your will and testament to make sure everything's on the up and up, sir. Give me a deception roll. He's obvious. Since she did not actually get any successes, he's extremely suspicious of you right now. Right, which is why I'm not going for the legal. I'm, I'm acting like I'm going to, I'm like a snake for this guy to get him to change his will. Two successes and one advantage. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's your name again? My name is Finn. Finn uh, Wilshire. I'm a representative, and we wanted to uh, talk about amending maybe your uh, will and testament to be more beneficiary to I you. already told that, that gold digger that he is not going to get a red cent out of me. I have other family that I can leave it to, more deserving family. More deserving family than Cortez, who has done amazing things with the family fortune. I mean, he's the man of a people. Don't you talk to me about that pirate. I don't need to answer to you. Leave a dying man in peace. He hangs up. I just kind of lean back and laugh. And I look towards uh, Darian, who's probably scared. Zephus, is that an uncle that you know? No, 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 it's not. Well, uh, he is an uncle or a granduncle or a cousin or whatever. He's dying, and apparently somebody wants his fortune, which I think is going to you very shortly. I have had no I idea. I'd not heard anything like this. I, I don't have any contact with the other Saracens. Castian is staring at this guy, chewing on his inner lip. Castian has made it a habit to go after bad people because bad people still makes him feel useful to the Empire. 
though he hates the Empire or scared of the Empire, he still wants to kind of feel like he's doing the galaxy good. As you're considering this, your left hand, the hand that has been bothering you, the hand that had been nicked by that dagger, it begins to feel hot, like as if all of the blood in your body had rushed to your hand. It's like the skin is stretching a little bit, like it's swollen because there's just too much blood contained in it. You really are a pathetic individual. Your children might be better off without you. I need you to give me a hard, cool roll to resist what your hand obviously wants. I got two triumphs, but four threats. Oh, (laughs) With four threats. Let's deal with the threats. I need you to take four strain. Yes, I will take four strain. You also need to take a corruption point. Okay. But with two triumphs, you know you have a compulsion to pull that dagger back out from where you stowed it. And not just kill this man, but kill him slowly. You can see yourself sliding the blade from his navel up to his throat so he feels every inch of this glistening steel cutting through his skin like butter. You see his blood and his entrails spilling out over this dingy, pathetic apartment. And then you blink, and it never happened. I'm on top of the guy immediately if my dagger to his throat. Listen, no. listen to me right now. <laughs> if you tell the police, if you tell security I was here, I will leave you alive. You will live a long, horrible life, and I will go after that red-headed child of yours, the older one, or the little boy of the bowl cut. I will go after them all. So you will act like you never saw my face. You will not speak to this to anyone. If anybody asked what you were doing today, you were just sitting here trying to figure out how to fix your life. Is that clear? Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Get your life together. And he's pushing him away. As soon as you let him go, Darian just collapses. It's like he is made of spaghetti and just slides out of the chair onto his, not even his hands and knees, just like lying prostrate on his stomach on the floor, sobbing. Castian is walking away. He's probably late now. To Absolutely. How, how late is he? Right now, you're 15 minutes late. I'm heading back immediately, but I'm going to send Laris a message. I'm going to send her a message from the speeder. Laris. Yes, sir. I need to know what Zephyrus' will and testament is. If it's going to Darian Saras, I want to know by tonight. Yes, sir. When I am back at the palace, I should be able to do a full sweep. And I need you to tell me where I could find Mr. Corton. Of course, sir. Thank you. And my character's speeding back as fast as his little speeder can take him. So you take the speeder back to the soup kitchen? Oh, yes. And I'm not in a very good mood. Cerise Nabella is still there, as is Laris. Because you know her so well, you recognize that she has the far-off look as she is doing hundreds of thousands of processes and searches that only somebody like her could do. I mean, obviously, a protocol droid could handle more, but... You know, she's she's still human enough that she has limits, but she's also competent enough that she's you know still partaking. She's serving up the the food as appropriate. She's just not making small talk, which she usually didn't anyway. Small talk is not Laris's strong point. Great, I'm moving up and I'm just stepping next to Laris in line, and I'm just continuously helping just pour this porridge in the bowl. Probably not as evenly as her. Just bam. After a couple of minutes of you slamming porridge down on people's trays, Cerise finally notices you. Gorian, I I was beginning to get worried. Uh, Was there a security situation? Nothing to worry about, ma'am. It was taken care of. I do apologize for my delay. It won't happen again. Excellent. So long as, so long as everything was taken care of and there, there was no, there was no threat. It was a, a false alarm? It was absolutely a false alarm. Completely. Don't worry, I'm taking care of it, though. There shouldn't be any problems. Very good. Uh, I, I believe our itinerary has us returning to the palace within the next hour, and uh, our evenings are our own. We may, we may do as we wish. 
Excellent. Well, I will make sure that security is ready when that time comes. And yes, thank you. Do you do anything else before returning to Nothing. the palace? Okay. Yeah, I, I am I am on automatic mode as I am trying to contain my anger for being used. So yes, Castian is angry and he's getting he's basically dropping Cerise at her place, marching to his room and waiting for any news from Laris. Within an hour of settling back into your room, there is a chime at the door. Open it up. It's Laris. Laris, delightful. I let her in. What did you find? The will of Zephus Saris does indeed name one Darian Saris, a Maya Saris, Alina Saris, and Darian Saris Jr. as his sole heirs. Public records indicate that Zephus Saris's brother was the member of the Saris family that broke off all contact with the rest of the great house. Of course, and I guess Corton is not too happy about that. How much is he leaving to Darian? In addition to a large number of credits, as well as the contents of his home, he is leaving his entire shipping empire to this branch of the Saris family. The shipping empire handles almost one half of all traffic that goes in and out of Alderaan. Who's the largest owner of the other half? Currently, that is in the hands of Cortan Alves. I see how this is. Give me the address of Cortan. I want to know where he is right now, and I'm going to speak with him. Of course, and she gives you his address. I'm guessing it's somewhere very nice and very private. Yes, you studied enough on, on Alderaan to know that it is a very posh neighborhood. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Laris. I will be taking care of this tonight. Do you need any assistance? I'll handle this personally. Thank you. Yes, sir. If anyone asks for you, is there anything that I should say? Oh, tell them I'm at my family's grave and I'm leaving flowers. Yes, sir. I'm marching out, and I'm heading off to wherever Corton's at. Because this is such a nice section of Alderaan of the capital city, it's not actually difficult to find the home that Corton Alves lives in. It's a large, opulent home. And from the dossier that Laris sent to you regarding Corton, you find out that though he is married, their names have separate addresses listed. And the home that Laris directed you to is way too large for one person to live in, especially when you consider the squalor that his cousin lives in with three children. Just from standing outside, it looks like the entire apartment that Darian Saris lives in could fit in a bathroom in the house that you're standing in front of. It is gated. It's a force field gate, so you know it doesn't obstruct the views. Mm -hmm. But you can tell as you approach, this is not just open for you to walk through. And there is a speaker. I tap the speaker. A voice comes through. Who is it? I'm here to speak with Corton Alves. He is not expecting any visitors this evening. You can call again tomorrow. Tell him that this is about Darian Saras. One moment. And you wait for a moment. And the voice comes back. He has said that he is not interested in speaking at this time. Well, he could see me now, or could he see me on the Hollow News later on? His choice. One moment. And rather than coming back, the force field drops. Perfect. And I'm just, I'm walking in. My hand already just hurting again, but I'm, I'm, I'm relishing it a little bit this time. And I'm just marching straight ahead uh, with a look of determination on my face. It's a beautiful moonlit night. The landscaping in front of this house is immaculate. All kinds of flowers are in bloom. It smells very sweet. You can't see it, but you can hear the, the trickling of some sort of fountain that is just out of sight. Very peaceful. As you approach the massive front doors, and as you approach one of the, it's a set of double doors, and as you approach one of the doors slides open, and there is a woman standing there. She's in what's very obviously like some sort of, of domestic uniform. You are here to see Mr. Alves. Yes. You may follow me. Hurry. And her, her steps go a little bit faster. She is wearing high heels and it's echoing on the, the hardwood floor of this, again, very large, imposing home. As she leads you through the hallways, 
you can see that there are other people in this house. You pass some sort of rec room that has some men that are sitting around a card table, a room where you can hear voices laughing flirtatiously, some sort of liaison happening behind closed doors, before the woman finally leads you to a heavy wooden door. The front door to this house, again, this is the space future past, so you know, it had kind of Star Trek sliding doors. Mm-hmm. This is a traditional wooden door. There is a handle, there are hinges. Do I knock? Uh, one moment. And she knocks, it's a pattern, obviously some sort of code. And after a moment, you hear a familiar voice from inside. Let him in. I don't even wait for her to let me in. I grab the handle and I yank it open and I'm storming in. Mm -hmm. The room that you enter is very obviously an office, but not one that sees a lot of actual work done. It's the sort of office you have to show that you are an important person who has important work to do. There's a large desk in the center of the room behind which you see Corton sitting. He is leaning back in a large plush chair. His feet are up on this this desk, this desk which is most likely an ancient antique. The decor is very opulent, very sumptuous. There is Instead of the hardwood floor, there's actually a thick, plush, deep red carpet. The lighting is all behind stained glass chandeliers. So it's very warm and inviting. And then the walls are covered with weapons. In some ways, it reminds you of Tremaine's office. But instead of there being artwork depicting torture and the terrible things that man can do to man. It is the implements one might use. All of the weapons are very old. You don't see blasters. These are axes, not vibro axes, an axe with a metal blade. One of the sort of weapons, not dissimilar to the dirk that you were given earlier, although the crest on all these weapons is different, but Weapons that are are intended to make a person feel the life draining out of them. I should also note that flanking Cortan on each side, standing a couple of feet away and behind him, he has two bodyguards. When you first notice them, it just registers that they are Zabrak. But when you take a second look, you notice that these aliens don't just look alike because they're aliens and all Zabrak look the same. They're identical twins. Mr. Corton, Alves, you were not truthful in our dealings. And did I offend your high bounty hunter morals by doing so? You actually did. What did you expect me to do? To kill the father? And then when you realized that the children were also going to be part of that little will of your great uncle, whatever he is... Were they going to be, uh, what, extra 25,000 credits each on their heads? They're children. They can't exactly take control of an empire on their own. They are easily manipulated by their long-lost uncle, who only wants what's best for them, of course. You'll need to find someone else to do your deed, and I wonder if you'll be able to find a bounty hunter in time before your uncle dies. I hear it could be any day now. And if that money transfers to the father, he will have plenty of time to set it aside to something a little bit better than Corton Alves. Corton lowers his feet to the floor. He leans forward, putting his elbows on the desk, resting his chin on his hands. I'm sorry, bounty hunter. Did you just make a threat on the aging head of a great house of Alderaan? He looks at first the Zabrak on his right and the Zabrak on his left. Am I the only one that heard this man making a threat against my beloved uncle? And both of the Zabraks take a couple of steps forward. I've met men like you before. So high and mighty behind their glass thrones, not realizing that all it takes is a single stone to hit the right piece of glass. Now I'm going to walk away from this bounty. You won't pay me, you won't pay Akir. This bounty never happened. 
It is forfeit. This is your one chance. I do not give seconds. You seem to be mistaken about how things work here on Alderaan. I don't know how it works on whatever backwater planet you washed up from, but here we respect the hierarchy. Let me guess. These two men, they have blades. Something small, maybe a vibro knife. But even if I get through them, you're feeling rather confident because you have a personal force field probably built around something that no one would suspect. I'm guessing the desk. Is that right? Is that supposed to impress me that you know the basics of how your job is supposed to work? No, I just wanted confirmation. And now I'm attacking. Everyone walked in here knowing that this was going to end in a fight, so we are all rolling cool. Two successes. The first guard rolled three successes, the second guard rolled only one success. So the first guard reaches in his jacket and pulls out a blaster pistol, so he doesn't even take an additional step forward. He's staying just out of range of a handheld weapon Mm -hmm. and is going to fire at you. You have defense against ranged, correct? I do have defense against range, and I believe that is one. Oh, but he failed. All right, so you get to go next. You know what? My hand's hurting at this point, and Castian is going to force jump towards the Brax. So you can do it as a maneuver, correct? Yes. So it's that's an athletics check. Yes. So athletics, I'm going to get to the guy with the blaster. Yep. I got my one success, I got my four advantages, and I got my one dark side point. So no strain, but I got a corruption. Take a corruption. And now I'm going to attack him. I have a blade that I'm using. I have a concealable blade. So right. I am going to attack. So your difficulty is average, which is two purple, and they both have basic armor, so one black die. Oh! Uh Uh-oh. Three successes and a triumph on this one. Oh, all right. So this would be a crit. I'm going to take the triumph crit to activate my vibro knife, which is vicious, which is I add 10 points to the crit for piercing. All right, so what is the total damage there? So I guess it's 14. And then what is your pierce? I ignore one point of soak for each ranking, so I think it's just pierce two. Well, what do you do to him to take him out? So the one that hadn't drawn his blaster yet probably assumed that I'd be dead fairly quickly. It's a long office. It takes time for a person to run that way. They would have probably gotten a couple shots off before I got there. What they didn't expect is me to fly. And I just jump up into the air, my blade coming out of my sleeve into my hand, and I land on top of the brother, slamming his body uh, against the wall, and I stab him in the shoulder with the concealable. He headbutts me, and as I fall back, I grab onto one of the axes on the wall and slam it right into his face to keep myself from falling back, so I'm just still hanging on his body. And then I twist my head towards his brother. All right, so his brother sees this happen, is not happy about it, and he's going to pull out his own vibroblade, a combat vibroblade. Oh my gosh, he failed. Is that a despair? No, it's just a failure with both two advantages, but with two advantages, gotta take what wins I can get apparently. So he lunges at you, wielding a very nasty looking combat vibroblade. The blade is about six inches long and of course is is vibrating. So it whiffs past your head and you can feel those vibrations where it almost sliced you across the face. And you are now going to have an additional setback die for your next roll as you are a little bit off balance. I'm going to fall off his brother. I'm going to land on the floor, roll to my feet, then die for him trying to stab this man. All right. He is an adversary, so this upgrades one of your difficulty dies. So we're now at one purple, one red. Armor? Two black die for this particular roll. Oh, I missed. One failure, three advantages. You you lunge at him, and your blade cuts through the, the padded armor that he was wearing. Mm-hmm. So you're going to negate his defense setback die the next time you roll against him, mm-hmm. as you've revealed a tiny pinpoint where you might be able to get through his armor. And now he is up close and personal with you, and he is, again, very unhappy and is attacking again. That's a little bit better. One success. He has the targeted blow talent, which means I can spend a destiny point after a successful attack to add his agility to the damage. So 19 points of damage. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to parry. He got 19. So Mm -hmm. 14. Yep. 
I am down to one wound. You'd still have two soak. Three wounds. All right, so the vibro blade finally gets your shoulder and kind of pins you to the ground. And I'm going to stab him now. One success, one triumph. A uh, triumph. What would you like to do with that triumph? Do I'm you want to crit or or you can act the activate the critical hit on your weapon or you can just give him a critical injury? I'm going to uh, activate the critical hit on my weapon, actually. So All right. that's going to be 12. He ignores two points of soak. Okay. That hurts him a lot. So we're just rolling on the ground, knifing each other. Yes. You glance up and Cortan is just sitting at his desk. He's actually reached into a drawer and pulled out a bag of what looks like some kind of seeds. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he's chewing on them. He's kind of chuckling to himself. He's very entertained by the fact that he has a dead guard bleeding out on his floor. And the two of you are wrestling back and forth. And now the Zabrak gets the upper hand for a moment and has you pinned down. You know, he's got you pinned on the floor. He's got his knees on both sides of you. And he actually drops the combat vibroblade. And instead, he slams his fists together and activates his vibro knucklers and is now just going to pound your face in. Five damage. I am going to parry that, actually. All right. So yeah, he, he starts trying to pound me, but I was, I'm able to slice forward a few times to kind of delay him. And then I am going to bury my blade into his throat. The setback die is back for this roll. Four successes. All right. What sort of damage does that do? Uh, that does five. Just enough. Your blade hits his throat, but for a moment, it feels like maybe he has some sort of personal force field it just like hesitates for a moment you can't quite push it through before sinking in a rush of blood flows out from his throat over your face i rip it out and push him to the side and i'm standing up as i approach corton he's still chomping on his seeds he spits a shell casing quite a show as soon as he swallows i'm using the force to grab that peanut in his throat Interesting. Roll it. I got three successes, one advantage, and two black die. So I am going to use one of the yourself. Yep, give yourself some corruption. Yeah, I'm grabbing it. (laughs) You think you're better than me. (laughs) Lower your force field now or you'll choke there. Lower it now. His hand reaches out and just starts like slamming at his desk. Very fifth element here (laughs) as he's trying to find the button and let's play it up. A couple of of mouse droids end up rolling out of the wall. They start mopping up the blood (laughs) until finally he gets the right button and with a electronic sound, the force field falls. My character moves forward, releasing the hold of the peanut. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that your kind weren't around anymore. I get that a lot. I say as I put away my concealable blade, wiping it on his shirt first, and then reaching over and taking out the Thule Dirk, and I'm just inspecting it. Your hand is once again throbbing in a way that you haven't felt before. It no longer hurts. It's a pleasurable feeling. I gave you... One chance. I even said that I would walk away, but no. Now you made me do something stupid, and you now know quite a bit a lot about me, Mr. Cortan Alves. Isn't that right? (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I I don't know anything. I'm sure you don't. Well, I hope your will and testament is in order, because your family's going to be inheriting quite a bit. I pull it back the blade. The, the the woman. What? I can I can help I can I can help her. What woman? Your you, the woman you travel with. I don't know what to call your relationship, but it's obvious to anyone with eyes that there is an interest between you. I, for the moment, have a controlling stake. In a shipping empire that is in good with the royal household, I could help whatever planet she represents and make sure that there are beneficial terms. That's very interesting. 
I thought you might think so for whatever else you are. <laughs> you are a man. <laughs> You're very right. I do not know what my relationship with Cerise is. I very much like her. But I love this so much more, and I just start stabbing him. Ah! Just, uh, I, I'm getting the hands no longer hurting. Yeah, I'm feeding that. I'm feeding that baby. And I am just 20, 30 stabs, whatever you want to go into. But yeah, massacring this guy. All right. That's going to be some serious corruption because no one could say that this man did not deserve it. There was obviously a way out of this without additional bloodshed. So I'm going to say. I three? gave three. Yeah, I was going to do three, too, so I have, I'm at seven corruption. All right. It's been a rough night. Yeah. And I don't even remember how I get out. I don't remember how I even slip back into the palace. I don't even remember when I'm inside Laris's room and kneeling down in front of her as she's sleeping or whatever the hell she does. But she wakes up to my face and I'm just coated in blood. Laris, I think I have a problem. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fandible on iTunes or your podchaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.